0: Hello, and welcome back into a new edition of the Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast. I am your host, TJ McBride of milehighsports.com. That's where you can find all of my work over at MileHighSports.com, as well as over on my Twitter profile, on my Twitter page, which is at TJ TJMcBrideMBA. So make sure to follow Mile High Sports at Mile High Sports. Follow me at TJ TJMcBrideMBA. And follow this podcast at Nuggets underscore Daily, where you can get all the content that we produce on a daily basis right there in front of you whenever you're looking for it. So... I'm a little bit late on this podcast. I'm going to quickly recap the Nuggets' loss, the 111-103 to 103 loss to the Spurs, and then I'm going to dive into Gary Harris and Paul Millsap returning to practice today, um, Thursday, December 27th. They returned to practice today, and both of them went through scrimmages as well in addition to uh, participating throughout practice. So good news all around on the injury front. It seems like guys are definitely getting closer and closer to, to returning for the Nuggets, and that is led by Gary Harris and Paul Millsap, surprisingly enough. Um, I will also dive into your Twitter questions. I really want to get into um, Wancho Hernan Gomez's great game against the Spurs, How and also I want to talk about Jokic uh, and the way that he was doubled against the Spurs, and really what I saw from Jokic's game in there, and then also Jamal Murray's shooting struggle. So, there's a lot to unpack in this podcast that will be featured on the Nothing But Net radio, which is a part of Dash Radio. Um, also, Quick shout out to Rod Simba and the Regulators Production Group for the intro and outro beats that you hear on this podcast. And before we go any further, let me give you another quick word from our other sponsor of this show, Terrapin Care Station. go chronologically here and just start with the Nuggets lost of the Spurs so the Nuggets lost 111 103 to the Spurs and honestly it really never even like the game was close for the majority of the night but I never felt like the Nuggets had a good grasp on the game at any given point. point um, first and foremost let's just get into Jamal Murray's shooting struggles because they continued in this game he shot just four of 19 from the field and one of eight from three I thought this was probably Jamal Murray's worst game of the season. He was a minus 20 in his 27 minutes of action. That was the worst on the Nuggets by far. It was actually double the second worst on the mark on the team, which was Wancho Hernan Gomez, surprisingly enough, with a minus 10. Jamal just did not have it going, whether it was scoring, whether it was playmaking, whether it was taking care of the ball, whatever it was. Jamal Murray was just not dialed into this game in ways that we are used to. He just didn't seem like he was quite there. And the most interesting part I think about Jamal Murray's game recently is that his shot hasn't been anywhere near what people had hoped it would be. Jamal Murray right now is shooting only about 41% from the field and he's shooting 28.5% from three. He has been one of the worst shooters in basketball that is shooting at a high volume amount. And I'm not sure what this is, because Jamal Murray, by nature, is a sniper of a shooter. Like, when you watch him in pregame warm-ups, it's mesmerizing how talented of a shooter he is, and his whole career, he's been a good shooter, but for some reason... This year has not worked for him, and he slumped. Like I wrote about this in the starting five that is up on MileHighSports.com right now. Jamal Murray has started um, season slow in shooting slumps before in his career. Every year that he's played, he started out slow. But we're now almost forty percent through the season. It has been thirty-two games now, and still his shot just still has not fallen. It could be a mixture of injuries that he has sustained and the fact that he's had to pick up so much slack with Will Barton, Paul Millsap, and Gary Harris out of the lineup maybe, but still, it's notable that he is struggling so much with his shot right now, and I'm not sure what it is. But even regardless of that, there was one interesting uh, topic today, because Gary Harris and Paul Millsap spoke to the media today. So I actually asked Gary Harris about um, Jamal Murray's shooting struggles, and the way that it came off when i asked him it seemed like J- like gary harris does not even feel like jamal murray is in a slump per se he almost it almost feels more like it it really feels like jamal murray is just It seems like he's pressing. It seems like he's just in his own head and he's trying to do too much with all of these players out. And it's really starting to infringe upon his issues as a player. Um, This is the quote that Gary Harris gave, though. So when I asked him about Jamal Murray's shooting struggles, this is what he said. I mean, I wouldn't say struggles. I feel like every time he shoots it that it's going to go in. My thing is for him is just don't lose confidence and keep shooting. He can shoot whatever shots he wants, so why not? We are rolling with him and nobody is getting mad at him for the shots he is taking. He is taking great shots. When he does make shots, he can have damn near 50 points. I do not think anyone is worried about that at all. That's quite the confidence booster from his backcourt mate, so it's going to be interesting to see if he can live up to it, but as of right now... Jamal Murray is not shooting well, and the Nuggets was flat-out need more from him offensively. Moving on from Jamal Murray, though, and so I don't continue to kick a dead horse like that, um, Nikola Jokic, I thought, was actually very good in the first half of this game. He finished with seven assists in the first half, but... On rewatch, there, he probably should have had 10, 11, or 12 assists in the first half alone. I mean, Jokic's passing was superb, and I think a big reason why was because, and we'll talk about this more when I get into the Twitter questions, Jokic was getting doubled and triple teamed the second he got the ball on the post all night, and he just continued to find the open man over and over and over again, and that was a big reason for why the Nuggets offense was at least passable and functional in that first half, even though so many shots Shots inside the three-point arc were not falling so for as incredible as Jokic was in the first half he started to get frustrated in the second half all of these open shots that he was creating just weren't being converted by his teammates whether it was Mason Plumlee or Tori Craig just dropping a pass that was pinpoint from Jokic to put him in a great spot or it was Jamal Murray and Trey Lyles missing open looks or whatever it was Jokic it just looked like got unbelievably frustrated with the fact that he was generating such great looks and was just not getting any points out of it for his team. So eventually, the seven-minute mark comes around in the fourth quarter. The Nuggets are down by 11 points at this point, and Michael Malone elected to pull Nikola Jokic from the game and did not reinsert his starting unit at all. He did not like what he was seeing from his starting group, and I think a lot of that had to do with Nikola Jokic's emotional response to, to his frustration and the visceral reactions he had on the court, his body language was not good. But again, I couldn't imagine how frustrated it would be to get double and triple teamed, create an open look for a teammate, and watch it clang over and over and over again. Jamal Murray, according to Michael Malone, had six wide-open three-point attempts, according to NBA.com, and missed all but one of them. Like, I I, I couldn't imagine how frustrating that must be for Nikola Jokic to continually create such great looks and just get nothing out of it, it seemed like. For him to only finish with 10 assists that game was surprising. He should have had closer to 15, considering the looks that he was creating for his teammates. Um, The last thing I wanted to get into... Oh, sorry, second last thing. Let me hit this first. Um, The Nuggets just didn't get enough supplementary help to be able to win this game. Um, Trey Lyles, Malik Beasley, Monte Morris, and Jamal Murray shot a combined 19 of 59 from the fle- from the field, and then 8 of 28 from the three-point line. They just did not get enough open shot making from the other players on the floor for the Nuggets to be able to come out with this win because, again, the Spurs were smart, doubled Nikola Jokic every time he got the ball, forced it out of his hands, and forced guys like Torrey Craig Trey Lyles, Malik Beasley, Monte Morris to beat them instead of Nikola Jokic, and they just didn't get enough from the rest of the guys on the floor. Um, The last thing from this game I want to quickly hit on before I get into everything that happened today at practice was the fact that Juancho Hernan Gomez just had a phenomenal night. Um, He hit his threes as usual. I mean, he probably has the prettiest looking jump shot on the Nuggets roster. So for him to go 6 of 7 from three, while that's an incredible number and an incredible mark to reach, it's not overly surprising because anybody who's watched him shoot a basketball knows that this kind of skill set is within his grasp and he is that good of a shooter. I think the most impactful part of the game for me from Juancho Hernan Gomez, the part that I was most impressed by, was his ability to get to the foul line, yes, he hit—he oh, only hit two shots that weren't three-pointers, he was 8 of 13 from the field with six of those makes coming from beyond the three-point arc, but he was attacking the rim, he was getting into guys, he was really trying to be the puncher, not the guy getting punched, and he was going out of his way to try and get to that foul line, and he ended up leading the nuggets with six free throws taken and he made five of them um, seeing him get downhill like that was a very good thing to see and he was about an inch away from having a highlight reel hammer dunk with his left hand after you know unfortunately clanked off the back iron and the ball ended up almost in half court but it's 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 an indicator that Wancho's game is blossoming beyond just a spot-up shooter. To see him attacking closeouts like this and to see him getting into the paint and drawing fouls is such an important development in his game because if he can use his three-point shot not just as a three-point weapon but also to open up the rest of his game going to the rim and his ability to attack the paint, it's going to make him that much more of a deadly score and that much more well-rounded as well. And you saw that against the Spurs. He was great Going downhill and getting to the rim. Also, he was strong defensively, but his. You know, he was passable defensively, he's not a great defender, but when he can get 11 defensive rebounds in 35 minutes as the starting small forward on the team, that is huge for this Nuggets roster. It is something that he can bring to the table that diversifies his game from just being a three-point shooter. If he can be an above-average rebounder as well, it gives him even more of an ability to play as a small ball power forward in time, and he has shown over and over again that he is a much better rebounder than than. He has been given credit for at this point in his career, so I think all of those things are notable. I thought he was very good. I thought he he thought he defended pretty well, and again, him attacking closeouts was a beautiful sight to see. That is everything from the from the Nuggets uh, lost to the Spurs. Next, I want to get into quickly is. Gary Harris and Paul Millsap returning to practice on Thursday, December 27th. Um, so first and foremost, it seems like Gary Harris is the one that is going to be the closest to returning to the floor. Gary Harris, as of right now, I mean, Michael Malone flat out said that he expects Gary Harris to be the first one back. Um, originally when Gary Harris hurt his hip he had a three to four week time frame and he is pretty much dead center of that right now so it's been about 23 days since he's been hurt so to hear that he's been practicing and has gone through portions of shoot around and has been involved in contact is a very very good thing so again Gary Harris participated in a full court scrimmage today his body has been been responding well to the treatment and actually so well that they have actually increased the workload and quickened his rehabilitation process, not to get him back on the floor quicker, which of course everybody wants, but because his body has been responding so well. So... It does seem like Gary Harris is on track to be back, um, not against the Spurs on the 28th, but maybe against the Suns on the 29th, and most likely by the by the time the Nuggets take on the Knicks on the New Year's Day game. So that's going to be interesting to monitor. Um, if you want to see the quotes from Gary Harris today, go to milehighsports.com. I just published an article about both Gary Harris and Paul Millsap inching their way back to their returns. Um, Paul Millsap also spoke to the media today and said, Um, for the first time since injuring himself and he also went through his first full scrimmage today as well with contact this is the more surprising part of this development is that Paul Millsap wasn't supposed to be back until sometime between January 7th and January like 18th. So for him to already be going through a full contact practice on December 27th and to be considered day-to-day or considered week to week technically, but on the same timeline of Gary Harris is a very good sign. Broken toes are weird though sometimes you can just play through them because it's more of a pain tolerance thing. And Paul Millsap talked about that being one of the main obstacles ahead of him is monitoring that pain and figuring out how much he can deal with while still playing to the best of his ability. So again, go read that piece. I have a mile high sports right now with, for all of the thoughts that Paul Millsap had on his recovery. Um, it was good to see that he went through a three on three and four on four scrimmages today. Um, the big thing now for Paul Millsap is going to see how his body responds to the increased workload that he is now dealing with. If there is no more extra pain, there's no setback. Paul Millsap could be coming back within the next week as well. It sounded like he's very close to returning. Um, but what all of this does mean is that Will Barton is behind both Paul Millsap and Gary Harris. Barton is, This is the first time that Will Barton has ever had surgery, and this is the first time he's ever had a a significant injury during his basketball-playing career. So it's going to take longer for him to come back, and in addition to those things... Barton was the only one who needed surgery for his injuries out of that group, so it's going to take a little bit longer for Will Barton, but as long as the Nuggets get a couple guys back, they can survive without him for a little bit longer. Um, Beyond Will Barton, though, who is third in line to come back, there's just no timetable for Isaiah Thomas, Michael Porter Jr., or Jared Vanderbilt. There just isn't a situation right now in which... Any of those three have been made available to the media, have done more in practice than anybody expected. Whatever the situation may be, there just isn't a whole lot of update when it comes to them. So to kind of summarize all of that, Gary Harris looks like he is going to be the first player back from from an injury. I would say he'll be back as soon as the Nuggets game in Phoenix on the 29th or more likely on the first when the Nuggets host the Knicks in the Pepsi Center. Following him will be Paul Millsap he seems like he is the second in line but that is a very open-ended timetable um for all we know, it could take him an extra two weeks for Paul Millsap to come back. They're not going to rush him back. If there was one thing that was made crystal clear today, talking to Malone, Gary, and Paul, it was that nobody is rushing anybody back from injury, and Paul Millsap especially. He even said that he probably uh, forced himself to come back too early last year after he got surgery to repair his wrist injury, and that he just wasn't himself, and that he basically wasn't going to make that same mistake again. So Paul Millsap is going to take his time. He could be back anywhere from the Suns game on the 29th all the way up until mid-January at some time, but it does seem to be on the shorter end of the spectrum um, sooner rather than later. Uh, Will Barton no idea yet. He has participated in some practices. We have seen him moving around a little bit. Not a whole lot of contact yet. He could be back by the first of the year. He could be back a couple weeks into January. There just isn't a specific timetable for him yet. He is being reevaluated on a week-to-week basis. And again, no timetable whatsoever for Isaiah Thomas, Michael Porter Jr., or Jared Vanderbilt. For Michael Porter Jr. and Jared Vanderbilt, there just isn't going to be a role for them to fill as of this time. So there's no reason to force them back in any case. And Isaiah Thomas cannot afford to come back early because he didn't even get offered an additional contract other than the Nuggets this offseason. He needs to get back to fully healthy before he comes back to play, or else it could be very damaging for the rest of his career as well. So that's basically where the Nuggets are at right now. Uh, we'll see how long it actually takes them to return. But overall, I would call this good news, not bad news. I think the Nuggets are getting much closer than we expected, and that's a very good thing to see. Um, But again, all of those players are still going to be out when they play the Spurs on the 28th. So do not expect to see any of them running around at that point because there just isn't enough time to get them all back for San Antonio. Before I get to Twitter questions and look ahead to the rest of the 2018 calendar year, let me give you one more quick word from Terrapin Care Station, who was the sponsor of the Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast. Um, they're actually having some specific sales for the month of December that are almost over. So go in and get 69 or $39 half ounces. Um, they're all available only in half-ounce bags, by the way. Uh, $20 Terrapins that are half-shelves only, $5 cone joints, or 25% off all double bear concentrates tell them mile high sports Sentia. they're the best in the business everything they do is easy to deal with it's discreet it's simple you'll be in and out there's parking at every location and they really do care about the customers again go check out terrapin care station you can find them at terrapincarestation.com or just go on weed maps or any of those other sites and go to any of their multiple locations today to for any of your cannabis goods <laughs> Alright, it is time for what everyone knows is my favorite segment of the Nuggets Daily Podcast, and that is getting into some Twitter questions that I get from listeners, whether it's about injuries or whatever is going on. Um, I usually open up everything to the fans if they have any questions, so I can at least try to provide just a little bit more insight than would already be there for people. Again, I cannot thank all of the listeners enough. The only reason that I have a job is because of the readers and the listeners. The only reason this podcast exists is because you guys listen to it and you share it. So I want to make sure to include you guys as much as I can, which is why I love doing these Twitter questions. So let's just dive in. Uh, Christopher on Twitter asks, How will the Nuggets adjust to the Jokic double teams? I was talking to a good friend of the show, Brendan Vogt, about this today. So while the Nuggets are completely decimated by injuries, it's going to be a problem. Um, There just isn't enough shooting and enough finishers around Nikola Jokic as there normally is for him to be able to fully exploit these double and triple teams that he is getting. That's because guys like Torrey Craig and Trey Lyles and Malik Beasley and Jamal Murray are struggling so much to hit shots anywhere on the floor. The second that they get healthy... Doubling Jokic will be a death sentence for opposing teams because think about this. If you send a double to Nikola Jokic when the Nuggets are fully healthy, that means one of Paul Millsap, Will Barton, Gary Harris, or Jamal Murray is going to be wide open. And if that happens, there is so much ability to exploit those mismatches or those open potential shots that that Jokic can get for such talented players all around him. So yes, right now these double teams may end up giving the Nuggets some, issues from here until someone gets healthy, but the second the Nuggets are healthy, these double teams are not going to be a thing anymore, in my opinion. It's just too easy to just completely obliterate any defense if you double Nikola Jokic, so long as he has the weapons around him that can finish plays when they need him to. So yes, I know the doubles drove guys crazy at first, I know the doubles weren't necessarily they weren't necessarily being exploited in the way that you would hope with a passer like Nikola Jokic, but that was not because of the passes that Nikola was making. It was because guys just were not able to finish the plays that they were that they were presented with. Nikola was a savant against the Spurs, creating open look after open look. It had nothing to do with the fact that he couldn't deal with the double team and had everything to do with the fact that his teammates could not finish those plays. So once the Nuggets get healthy, those double and triple teams are going to be a thing of the past very, very quickly um adrian on twitter asked do you see any chemistry issues happening when all the starters come back i've been getting this question a lot and i don't know why and i understand that a lot of times when you have this many guys get hurt and you have to re-implement so many back into the lineup that there could be issues but with this Nuggets team that just doesn't exist. The Nuggets have such a seamless cohesion within their starting lineup and a symbiotic relationship that I have no worry whatsoever. So if Will Barton gets healthy, it's going to make Jamal Murray's life easier, it's going to make Nikola Jokic's life easier and it's going to make whoever else starts in the you know for the rest of the injured starters at that point life's easier when Gary Harris comes back he'll be able to pick up more defensive responsibilities and be another floor spacer for Nikola Jokic and take some more pressure off of Jamal Murray as well when Paul Millsap comes back the defense is just going to get better and Paul Millsap is completely willing to get out of the way and let Nikola Jokic do what he wants I think that when these guys come back it is going to be a seamless interchange Um, the one thing I would say is that Um, Michael Malone has talked about potentially bringing Gary Harris and or Paul Millsap off the bench once they do get healthy just to ease them back into the rotation. Regardless of what happens, I have no worries about Gary Harris, Will Barton, or Paul Millsap being reintegrated into this rotation. They're three selfless guys who want the best for the team and will do whatever it takes to be the best team possible. It is not about their own individual accolades at that point, and it is all about the team's success. So I do not worry about that at all. Uh, Last one Austin on Twitter asked do you think that, that Wancho can play the four long term? Yes, I do. He's not there yet and it, he may not need to be there for a while because who knows what happens with Paul Millsap after this year but the more and more that I keep seeing Wancho play, the more and more I think he can be a power forward in the NBA. First off, offensively he fits as well as Nikola Jokic as anybody not named Gary Harris. They just have such a symbiotic relationship and I keep using that word because I think it's perfect for the relationship that so many of these players have with Nikola Jokic and with themselves. So So I do think, like, we've seen Wancho getting feeds from Nikola Jokic off of cut that he's finishing with all this extra touch in the rim. And we see him able to get open three-point looks with Nikola Jokic. They just work together so well. So for me, offensively, I do not have very many worries about having Wancho Hernan Gomez as the long-time four. Um, Also... His rebounding has been very strong recently, and if he if he can continue to be an above-average rebounder, especially on the defensive glass, it's going to allow the Nuggets to play him as a small ball four because he can play big enough to where you're not really... Um, hurting yourself on the glass so I do think that's an important development and the last one this is the most important one and where Wancho needs to prove himself he needs to prove that he is able to physically handle bigger power forwards in the post and he needs to prove that he is agile enough to hang with the quicker power forwards on the perimeter right now he's kind of just caught in the middle he's not great at either but he's also not terrible but He's not there defensively yet. He can get there. There is absolutely no doubt in my mind that he can find a way to get there. But as of right now, I don't think it's in the cards. Plus, the Nuggets may be able to restructure Paul uh, Paul Millsap's contract. Millsap has a $30 million team option next year, which the Nuggets are almost assuredly going to decline. And once they decline it, my guess is that they try and find a way to keep Paul Millsap in Denver for more years of a contract, but significantly less per year money. And if that happens, it could be perfect for Wancho, because if the Nuggets can get another three-year contract with a team option in the third year with Paul Millsap, sap at like 10 or 12 million dollars a year then they can continue to let wancho grow under paul Millsap and continue to become a better player so that when paul Millsap does eventually either retire or move on from the nuggets that they'll already have someone groomed and ready to go trey lyles has not proven he can be the full-time power forward of the future and who knows what michael porter jr or jared vanderbilt will be able to provide once once they potentially get healthy so Right now, for me, it is Wancho Hernan Gomez's future spot to lose unless otherwise stated. So that is one thing I'll be looking for as well. Thank you guys so much for interacting, sending in questions, all of those things, and for listening to the podcast. I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. It is just awesome to see the numbers of this podcast continue to climb and the people putting in reviews and subscribing and all of those things. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Please go to iTunes, subscribe to the Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast, leave a review, leave a rating, leave a comment on my Twitter about it, jump in my DMs. You can get to my Twitter at TJ MBA. My email is also in my Twitter bio if you ever wanted to reach out through through email for some reason. If you want to sponsor this show, reach out to me. But again, thank you guys so much, and we will be back tomorrow night with a recap of the Nuggets vs. Spurs Round 2, this time in the Pepsi Center. But until then, have a great rest of your day.